welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Kyle Porter joining me. We've got a lot to get to today uh, as we sit here in the wake of the 2018 Players' Championship. We're going to be talking all about uh, what we saw from Tiger Woods in a fantastic and thrilling weekend effort. Justin Thomas moving to number one overall in the world. But Kyle, we begin with future World Golf Hall of Famer Webb Simpson. <laughs> the winner of the Players' Championship. So I was actually thinking during the players, like this means Webb is is going to be in Paris probably. Yes, I, I I was thinking the same thing, and and he is now because he's won at least two of uh, the four majors and the players. So for the World Golf Hall of Fame, that gets you in. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't have the fifteen uh, victories across multiple tours. I think he's now at seven. Uh, yeah. But, but hey, the players in U.S. Open—that's that's that's World Golf Hall of Fame material. Yeah, I I heard uh, Solly and and Tron and DJ talking about that on the No Laying Up podcast, and it's 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 crazy to think about. I, I think Webb is so interesting because he's somebody who I kind of pegged uh, over the last I don't know since he's he's been on tour almost a decade now. He is somebody who I have always felt like he gets hotter than. Like like his his ceiling is really really high, like we saw this weekend, but he's also sort of inconsistent at that really high level. So he's only got one top ten at a major, and it's a U.S. Open win. Right. I mean, that's, if you're gonna do it, that's how you do it, you know. And, and and so we saw that again at the Players Championship. He just when he gets hot, he just loses his mind. And, and it, it, it it's weird. It's weird to juxtapose that with. I mean, a guy that we talk a lot about on here is is Ricky Fowler. I mean, if you look at just Webb's wins versus Fowler's wins, Webb's had a better career, and it's it's probably not even that close. But if you look at their overall play from a consistency standpoint, you take Ricky. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, every time. And so it it, it just goes back to the debate about what do you value? Do you value wins? I mean, sure you do, but how much and how much do you value them against? Um, just just con- playing really consistent good golf at a high level. See, I'm very sad that Tron and Solly were already on top of it. I was very aware of that because <laughs> Webb Simpson already inducted to the Broughton Sports Hall of Fame and likely on his way to the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. The local the 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 chess beating around Raleigh, North Carolina, could not have been louder <laughs> all throughout the weekend. Like, I I look at uh I look at Webb Simpson in in this way that. It is this to me is sort of the second the the second run for him. Like if you look at 2011, yeah. 2012, 2013, one run, um, and I know I'm sure we'll get into some of the changes in putting, but I think I might. I tell me what you think about this. I think I trace this run for Webb, and he's been playing some good golf recently, almost back to Phoenix last year. Remember when he was right in the mix? It sort of seemed like yeah. that was the beginning of him starting to turn things around, particularly on the greens. Yeah, he, he lost uh, lost in a playoff to Hideki, if I remember correctly. I think that's right. And, yeah, and we didn't. I didn't get to watch the Super Bowl until like the middle of the. That was that was the uh, that was the twenty eight three Super Bowl. It was. Yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. It, it's um, you, you know, it, you you mentioned the putting, and I, I went back and looked at his strokes gained putting numbers, and it's it's really remarkable how different this season has been than the last three you look back at the last three he was 174th 
He was 177th last year. I think he was 88th, I believe. And this year he's like number, I just looked it up. He's number eight, I think, on the PGA Tour in putting. He's one of the top 10 putters on the PGA Tour. And, and even furthermore, he was number one in the field at the Players' Championship. And I think he lost strokes on, I've got it right here in front of me. He, yeah, he lost strokes on Sunday and was still number one in the field, basically based on what he did. He gained four strokes on Thursday and five on Friday. And then he was just kind of right at zero in the aggregate for the weekend. So he, he gained 9.3 strokes on the field with his putter. I mean, it, it was it was one of the all-time great putting performances at the Players' Championship and, and maybe one of the better putting performances we've seen at any tournament in, in recent years. And, and you just wouldn't have, um, you know, his putting all year has been really good, but you, you definitely didn't see that coming out of him. I think in this week, no, not. And the, the thing that is going to be, uh, you know, you, you look at the leaderboard, you look at everyone he beat, uh, you, you look at the way this, uh, spins forward in terms of, uh, what it means for his, like you said, Ryder cup, the, the FedEx cup, this is going to put him in a really nice position for the rest of the season. And so, yeah. you know, you look at Webb Simpson, one-time Ryder Cup participant, and you got you factor him in, and that makes the the fight for some of these spots all that different. Because, I mean, we've, in the, in the way too early, shout out to way too early rankings, in the way too early Ryder Cup picture talk that we've had so far, a lot of it's been about the youth movement and youth movement that was, you know, well, you know, much younger uh, at sometimes even you know, five, six, seven years younger than where Webb is. You put Webb into that picture, uh, you it all of a sudden becomes a lot tougher to see uh, a Daniel Berger or one of these young talents. The pressure now on them to be able to play themselves up into contention to make it to Paris. Yeah, I think I think he's actually been on two. I think he was twelve and fourteen because he got that he got that Tom Watson pick in fourteen. Ooh, uh, my bad. At well, the last, it's two at the last second. Two time Ryder Cup. He, he, yeah, which is yeah, it's crazy. But he he's so he's ninth now. I'm, I've got the standings pulled up. It's uh, Reed, JT, DJ, Spieth, Bubba, Fowler, Kepka, Mickelson. Those are all the guys that would be in if the Ryder Cup started tomorrow. And then just outside, you've got Webb at nine, Kucher, Brian Harmon, Bryson, Kevin Kisner, the X-Man, and Tony Finau rounding out the top 15. Uh, but yeah, to your point, it, it's going to be, man, the Ryder Cup picks are going to be fascinating because Tiger's going to have a spot whether he qualifies or not. He's just in. right. And so you're you're really limiting yourself to if he doesn't, make it on points, which I don't really think he will. Although he could. I mean, he's playing really well. well let's, um, here, let's get into that in a little bit, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're limiting yourself to three picks, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, who are those first eight? Are you – Are you? It, it, it's going to – there's going to be somebody left out this year that you're like, wow. I mean, that's, that's crazy that that dude got left out, you know. Uh, so I don't know that that's, I, I can't, I'm yeah. We talk about the Ryder cup like five minutes in every time, but I'm, I'm fired up for it. Well, I mean, I, here's how I think this ends. I think this ends with Xander missing the cut and you're going to be like, man, that's the sensible captain's pick. Cause he's like right outside the rankings. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you're just gonna be like, you know, I don't know. I mean, doesn't, doesn't that come down to the, the seniority? Like there was a, 
I don't know if Furyk was throwing it, but you know the all the Ryder Cup players and former Ryder Cup players got together for a cookout before the yeah. the players started, <laughs> and it's like I just am reminded to in, in a way that is similar to USA basketball. Like once you're in, you're you're initiated. He's part of the crew. It is so much harder to break in from that, particularly as a younger player. Hard for me to imagine that a captain's pick would not be spent on uh, on on somebody who has been there or has served, as they would say, uh, the USA golf endeavor. Yeah, that's totally true. And because the, the, I mean, this is where it's hard because the margins in golf are so thin and so like. It, 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 I don't know. It, it's different even than than football or, or basketball or something like that just because you look at somebody's numbers and they might be point zero five, you know, uh, strokes apart in terms of their scoring average and you're like, well, they're the same player. And so what ends up happening is, I know this is, you know, crazy for me to say, but these captains are so conservative I know, I know, I know. It's crazy that something golf in, would be conservative. Yeah, somebody in uh, high, uh, the upper echelon of of golf power would be conservative. <laughs> but Weird. you get so you get so conservative that you end up just defaulting to the pick that's going to bring about the least amount of criticism if it goes badly. And what that ends up being is somebody that has been there before, like a Kuchar, a, a Webb, or whatever. And I'm not saying those guys are necessarily the wrong picks, but I, I think Xander is, uh, you know, there was a big, there was, there was a big firestorm debate between some of our friends, Porath and Sean Martin, Brendan Porath, Sean Martin, and Andy Johnson about whether Xander's overrated or underrated. They, they had talked about it on their podcast, on Andy's podcast last week. And I just, they were all saying a couple of them had said he was overrated. And I, I just, I feel like he's, I don't feel like we talk about him ever. And he's one of the, he's been one of the better, more consistent players for about 11 months now. And he's done, he's done a lot. I mean, he almost won the U S open. Um, he wins the tour championship. He's contending at the players. I, I mean, am I wrong in saying he's one of the, I don't know, 12 best Americans right now? Uh, listen to this. Xander is in a spot that is currently being occupied by Joel Embiid. We're like NBA people that are really, really into the nitty gritty of NBA are maybe starting to get sick of Embiid. And they're kind of like, oh, man, he's overrated. Oh, no, he needs to prove more. But from the outside, people just still think it's like, oh, Embiid's nice. Embiid's pretty good. Like, I don't, I don't think that uh, the average basketball fan is projecting Embiid to be one of the you know best ever players and I don't yeah. think anybody outside golf is projecting Xander to be anything other than uh, a pretty good American golfer I mean to to someone who's maybe not deep in the weeds there's probably not much of a difference outside of age between uh, a Xander Shoffley and let's see what would be next up the line in that why why I mean, do we dude, always end up at Kevin Kisner why do we always end up at Kevin Kisner? <laughs> Burger or Kepka. Burger, I mean, you, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. You've got all those guys in there. I, I think the thing for him is he just he doesn't he doesn't resonate. Like there's nothing that you associate him with that really pops. I mean, you look at Spieth, you look at uh JT, you look at even Fowler, like all those guys for for different and varying reasons, they sort of they just they just pop out at you, like whether it's their personalities or the way, just the things that they say or, or their games or whatever. And Xander's just kind of there. Like Dude, he doesn't, yeah. 
A hundred percent. Xander does not get mobbed in the grocery store. Yeah, like he's not he's not super long. He's not super interesting to talk to that I know of. Maybe he just hasn't led on that side of his personality. There, there's nothing that I don't know. There's nothing that really sticks out, and I think because of it, we just sort of are like, oh, yeah, Xander, he's good. It, all the while, he he might be great. Like the, the things that he's doing, you're like, wow, his trajectory is pretty good. I mean, for for being 24, we. We, and he's another guy that gets lost in the, well, he's he's 24 thing. He's 24. Like, he shouldn't be doing these things for another 6, 8, 10 years. And he's doing them right now, and I think it, I think it's pretty impressive. Speaking of impressive, Kyle, sorry we had to take a quick pivot. There was a very dangerous-looking insect here in the Palatial Patterson studios. We had to take care of it. Um, was it a – Was it a? It wasn't a big cat? It was not a big cat. If it was, <laughs> if it, if it was a big cat uh, that was – Hitting it as good as Tiger, who, by the way, when he's like looking into the camera, going, "I hit it really good," <laughs> like it, you don't, you you don't get to flex like that, like Tiger does. I hit it. I'll tell you what, I hit it really good. <laughs> Come on, Tiger. We know about you. You can't say things like that. Um, but the the. the Real quick, the best thing that he said all weekend, he pulled a read on Saturday. He he shot, uh, or maybe it's him pulling a read, pulling a tiger from way back in the day. But he shoots 65 and then and then goes for the uh, it's, it's the worst score I sh- could have shot. I mean, yeah. the way I hit it, it's the worst I could have scored. And you're like, ah, you just shot a 60. It was a round of the day at right. Sawgrass. Like, <laughs> right. Um, all right, so there were some bold takes in some of your writing uh, on the website for CBS Sports, and so let's let's start to unpack it because you also wrote something on Monday talking about the way he hit it off the tee. Let's you you saw some things that had had you very quickly excel. Like you came into the players saying, "I expect him to contend and think he can win." You're leaving the players, if I'm judging you right, with even higher expectations of where the the floor and ceiling is for Tyre right now. Yeah, I mean, he hit some shots off the tee chip that were like, holy crap. I mean, look at that. I mean, I know we joke about like trage all the time, but there were some just absolutely tragy shots. I mean, irons, driver. He turned a driver over on 18 on like Friday that it was like, oh boy, that was, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a Sergio like trage or, or maybe like a tiger of old trage. And he had an iron on people. Everybody's talking about the driver on 14 on Sunday, which was obviously unbelievable, but the iron he hit off 10 on Sunday. I don't know if you're watching. It was, oh, I mean, he got like, it looked like 15 feet off the ground and just went <laughs> forever. I mean, it was unbelievable. Because some of, um, some of his tragedies, like the like, there's the the low stingers and the ones that start low and end up high. But then there's the ones that just make like uh, the like. I don't know you were a pitcher. I mean, it looks like the the motion of a giant curveball that's just going <laughs> to fly out one way and then just turn around to the next. Yeah, yeah, that was that's the one I'm talking about on 18. It just it, it's. It almost looks like it's it's fading right, and then it takes a left hand turn and just turn just keeps turning over. But the the one that kills me is that 
he'll do it with his with his irons mostly or or sometimes his three wood and it's it's the stinger but it's like a it's like an electrified version of it where it it looks like it takes off like five different times you're like oh it's really oh whoa it's it's still going up you know it's (laughs) it's crazy like how how much juice he has behind it I, i forgot what the original question was (laughs) <laughs> so I said, "You believe? Am I correct in saying that if your floor and ceiling for Tiger Woods has been constantly moving since his return to play in 2018, do you think that this was one of the biggest jumps that you have for one or both?" Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, to me, this was kind of the last piece of the puzzle was to see him get in the mix, and you can argue whether he was actually in the mix, but at a big time tournament, a major or the players or something like that. And, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that the last piece of the puzzle is to see him win after leading on a Friday night or a Saturday night, something, something in along those lines. But I don't know. I feel like I've seen what I needed to see. And this wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a huge surprise for me just because of the way he hit it at, at quail hollow. He was hitting it good. He just went putting. And then on the weekend, not only does he putt well, but he was top 11 or 12 in both days in strokes gained off the tee. Hit 22 fairways. Gave himself on the weekend, how about this, 25 looks at birdie inside of 20 feet. Mm. I mean, that's you're just, you're just going to score. I mean, you're going to score a lot. And, and Tiger, I mean, as the same thing with Phil and the same thing with old Tiger – if he's putting it in the fairway, he's going to score a lot because his approach shots are spectacular. His putting is really good. And I just, I don't know. I said if he drives it like that at the U.S. Open, he's going to win the U.S. Open. And I don't i don't feel like that's a hot take. It's just that's a reality, you know. And uh, I was i was upset about the finish, though, because I had a, I had a little bet going with uh, one of our editors, Brandon Wise. Um. He it was it involved uh, beers next time I go down to to Fort Lauderdale and my I said he was going to finish top ten and I had a, I had some odds on it and he said no way and so he was chirping me Thursday chirping me Friday <laughs> and then Tiger goes sixty five on Saturday he's inside the top ten for like twenty four hours and then he hits it in the water on seventeen on Sunday and I need uh, I needed somebody to I needed like Danny Lee or somebody to double the last so that. So the tiger could be T ten. He finishes T eleven. Yeah, and and of course Brandon slides in. He's like, I I told you, you know. This, oh was- man, how do you celebrate? <laughs> how do you celebrate that? How do you celebrate that? Mm. It was so soft. It was the softest T eleven ever. <laughs> I I uh, I'm I'm not ready to make the 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 huge adjustment, but man, it was fun. It was it was really really fun to to see to see him turn it on like that and and my biggest yeah you know, takeaway is that I'm, I'm I'm tired of the the Tiger Phil pairing I don't think this has played out well once yeah it yeah it it was it was not great and Ricky played bad and the whole thing I mean both of the featured groups were just lousy yeah R- Rory misses the cut Spieth and JT I mean. Spieth looked like a 10 handicap on Thursday. I mean, that was gross. A weekend golfer? Played. Just a classic weekend golfer? Yeah, I mean, seriously. He he he, three putts the, the 10th, which was his first hole, and then he's just 
He's just slapping balls into the water. It was like him and Phil. Every time you looked up, some they were one of them was hitting it in the water. It was it was bizarre. Because there was the take that was uh, there. There was two two interesting uh, takes. We got into I guess one of them, but you know the, all the fifth major talk. But the other one was I felt like there was a an anti uh, supergroups movement made. And certainly the anti-supergroups movement was only fueled by the fact that the broadcast continued to use the term supergroups um, almost hourly, if not more, as they were doing all their scoreboard check-ins. And I was I was ready to be like, don't like, why are you raining on the idea of supergroups? Like these are all of the best players. And when you've got them in this featured group situation, you get to you get a lot more access. You get to watch all the conversations. And I, I was ready to speak in favor of supergroups, except and only except for the fact that it just produced terrible golf specifically for the Tiger, Phil and Ricky group. Like I didn't expect the JT Spieth and who's the third one with them? Rory. Rory. I didn't expect may, like lights out golf from that one, but it felt really really bad with Tiger and Phil, especially with the way that Tiger was able to turn things around on the weekend. Yeah, I I think I'm still in on on the the super groups. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it makes um I don't know. I think it makes Thursday, Friday probably more interesting and especially for the the casual fan, which I think is a good thing generally. Uh, But yeah, if it goes bad, it goes really bad, you know? And and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to say in retrospect, I wish they would have broken them up or whatever. And and I think that, I don't know. I I think I'm, it's so, there's all these takes in golf where you're like, okay, is this a contrarian take just for the sake of contrarian or is it a, is it a legitimate thing, you know? And well, so cause I'm, here's what I'm not here for. I'm not here for, uh, the super groups are bad because it misses. It doesn't give, uh, other golfers a chance to have some time in the spotlight. I am not here for that because it, when we're <laughs> talking about casual fans, by the time you fill out two super groups, that's all the golfers that casual fans want to see. Yeah, totally. And then you get the, you get the group on the weekend for, for uh, PJ tour live. That's like, Scott Piercy and Kyle Stanley, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, am, am I tuning in for that? Like, what? Do, you know, uh, no offense to those guys. I right. like watching them play, but yeah. So I, I think the idea of supergroups is great. I don't. I think the I think the idea of Tiger and Phil together is great, but we've got two, think, we've had two examples of this, and it has played out poorly. And for Tiger, better on the weekend both times. Yeah, I, I think sort of letting that build itself organically into where maybe they're paired together in the third to last group on a Saturday or the second to last group on a Sunday, that that's the way that that needs to play out and not necessarily... No, I, I'm fine with the players doing it. I'm glad they did it, but I don't... I hope this is not a trend to where you're, we're seeing it three, four, five times a year because... Those guys both need a little room to breathe. Like they're 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 super, like they are both supernovas, and their auras are so big that you can they can only get so close to each other for so long before it starts to like burn everybody's retinas. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope that that's not something that we see multiple times a year. Over under Tiger Woods wins between now and the end of the season one point five. 
Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, the end of the year or the season? End of the year. Okay. So I'm counting a playoff event, which might be, that might be where it happens. If he doesn't get one before then, I could see that. I guess I'll go under, but, but I'm, I'm going under because I don't think that he's going to, I just don't think he's going to play that much. He, he was asked about his schedule. I thought this was interesting. He was asked about his schedule after the players. And he basically said, I'm not going to add any, anything new. And the only reason I did add something new, which was Valspar, was because he missed the cut at Riviera and he needed some hashtag reps before Augusta. So there's, it doesn't seem like there's any indication that he is going to uh, do anything different than he's done in the past, which means you've got Memorial, you've got U.S. Open, you've got uh, the National, his event. You've got British Open. You've got uh, Bridgestone if he qual- if he gets in. You got PGA, and then you got the playoffs. So, I, I mean, I don't know. He could win two. I, I do think he's going to win. I just don't know if he's going to get two. So I'll go under. All right, that's fair. Um, I as as we spin this forward for Tiger, like, do you foresee? Um, do you, do you foresee him to to try and make any tw- like tweaks or changes? Like he's always he's always working on pieces of it. And, and when you saw the last pieces of the puzzle, do you think he saw this in the same light? Yeah, I mean he 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 kind of said it. I mean he we don't. I thought he was kind of candid afterwards, which was interesting. Uh, we don't get that version of him a lot. Uh, but but he basically said like I was waiting to put it all together and this he he didn't say this was definitely it but he sort of was like you know this was kind of what it looks like essentially if I put it all together mm. and then he talked about his ball striking for like five more minutes <laughs> which was awesome <laughs> which, which yeah like we said last week you just hang on every word you understand that most of it is word salad but yeah it's still so much fun um, yeah, all right good. Justin Thomas moves up to number one in the world. Taking ending just Dustin Johnson's what 62 63 week run. How long was he up there? Uh, 64. 64 weeks. Um, fifth longest streak ever. Fifth longest. Who else is in that mix? Do you happen to know? Uh, I'll look it up right now. Wow. Um, so and of course, he, he does that as he finished tied with Tiger 11 under on the week at the Players Championship. Um, okay. Go ahead. You want it? Yeah. Okay. So we got, uh, just behind DJ was Greg Norman, 62 weeks in a row. DJ 64, Nick Faldo 81, which is a long time. Greg Norman 96, which is almost two years. That was June 95 to April 97. Tiger the first time, 264 weeks. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, 264. Okay. And then Tiger the second time, 281. So Tiger was number one. Are you, are you alive? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Tiger was number one from August 99 to September 2004. I think that was George Bush's entire first term. And then he was number one from uh, June 05 to October 2010. 
So that was George Bush's second term and part of Obama's first term. So it w- it was the entire 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I mean, I mean, it's not su- like on one hand, it's not surprising. That was the, you know, the run and the performances that changed the golf game forever, especially in terms of the way it's covered, the way we talk about it, its influence on the future, everything. Yes. So like on one hand, totally understandable. I logically understand, um, you know, why that might be the number, but you read the number to me, especially in the context of other golfers who have been ranked again, number one in the world. And it's insane. And it got broken up by VJ. So VJ, so Tiger went 264 weeks in a row. Uh, and he had been number one kind of intermittently before that, the longest being a 41-week stretch. And then VJ went 26, and then Tiger went two, and then VJ went three, and then Tiger went six, and then VJ went three, and then Tiger went 281. So he really could have had like a 600-week stretch if not for VJ taking about uh, I don't know, uh, seven months worth of worth of time from him. Great time in golf. VJ Singh is out here stunting on everybody because <laughs> he was like what, like mid forties at the time, early forties. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, VJ uh, late thirties, I think. Late thirties. Well, yeah. he he sh- he sure as hell looked like the elder statesman in the rivalry. I feel like VJ is uh, in the Tony Larusa, Tim Duncan group. To where you're like, I have no idea how old they are. <laughs> yes. Like right now, no idea. Could, yeah, like be, could be anything. They've been the same age for like 15 years. Um, do, do we make anything of Justin Thomas? Like what, what are the big takeaways from him taking over the number one spot? I, I'm glad he got it because I think that he's been the best player in the world at times. I don't know if he is right now, but the the, the world golf rankings are so convoluted and just kind of I don't I don't want to say they're silly but they're they're so hard to understand that I think <laughs> I think that everybody who and there's no way to do this well but I think that everybody who is worthy of being the number one player in the world should get the title for a, for a period of time and obviously DJ was the best in the world he got it JT's been the best in the world for stretches so he's got it now and that's that's a good thing I I think the interesting thing is is to talk about who's the who's the guy that's in the top ten that you're like, man, that guy was kind of the best player in the world for two months or six months or a year, but he's never actually been number one. And I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Maybe maybe John Rahm, maybe uh, Hideki, maybe Justin Rose. I, I don't know who that is, but that's a very long way of saying I'm glad that Justin Thomas got to be number one because he has been the best golfer in the world for stretches over the last two years. Does John Rom John Rom maybe has an argument for that? What was it? February, March, he strung together like uh, maybe one or two Euro tour wins, one PGA tour win and a bunch of top finishes. Is that right? Yeah. And he, and he won his his story is so interesting because he's won at so many different unique places. I mean, the the he won Tory, he won the Irish Open, he won in Dubai. I mean, he, it's his game is just it's so good and so impressive wherever he plays. But yeah, to your point, I mean, his his entire stretch, I think, from when he won Tory to when he won the Irish Open was uh, 
pretty lights out. I, I don't I don't think he had another win in that time, but he was he was really good wherever he played. Um, as we start to move forward, and we got the the Texas swing coming up. Uh, any, what golfers do you know that are playing that you might be looking at? Uh, we don't have to do expert picks right now, but um, I'm sure that you can find those on CBSSports.com later in the week. But who who among the top golfers do you have your eye on to uh, to maybe have an impact and uh, and and have a real good opportunity to string together some good play and maybe even win? I think the guy that's that's really interesting right now is Spieth, isn't he? I mean, the quad he made on 18 on Sunday. See, at, I'm, at, I when when he turned things around on Saturday, I I sort of saw that as a course correction because we were talking on Thursday about the the speed cycle, right? Like let's yeah. like do you want to lay out the speed cycle? The speed cycle for the listeners is you uh you the players is he's never been great at the players. Everyone says what's wrong with speed then he's going to come out and win the US or the British Open and it, you know come finish as one of the top players in the year. Yeah, we do this every year. I mean, he misses. He never plays well at the players. Uh, he hasn't played well at, the, well at the Byron Nelson in the last few years. I think his highest finish at the Byron Nelson is still when he from when he was a teenager, when he got a an exemption. Uh, obviously, new course this year, so that might change. But and then we always do this thing in May, or it's like, okay, what's the deal with Jordan? Why does why is he not good? And then he'll win, and then he'll either contend at or win a major. And then by the end of August, we're like, wow, Jordan's maybe one of the best players ever. And it, it's like this three-month stretch where we go from, like, he might be on the web.com tour soon to <laughs> he's, the, he's the best player since Tiger. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, most of it is just silliness and just looking for, you know, the top guys get picked apart more than anybody. Um, but it seems like it's especially pronounced for him. I, cause, but I'm fast. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I'm fascinated to see what he does at, at, at Byron Nelson. I played this course a couple weeks ago. It is awesome. And I think people are going to tune in to watch and think that they're watching like, like they're put like the golf channels playing European tour coverage. Like the, the PGA tour has rained out for the day or something because it's unlike anything that, that you have on the PGA Tour. It's, it's lengthy. It's wide open. It's, it's very unique. And I just see that being the type of course that he plays really well. I mean, obviously, he's the reigning open champ. And I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see what he does. Also, it's not a very good field. Adam Scott, uh, Spieth, and a lot of other people. Wow. So if Spieth doesn't finish top five, it might have gone really poorly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to put together like I'm. I'm not trying to come out super uh, hot takey with it, but I mean, come on, Jordan, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got you've got Stedeker and Kucher, and you know, you, your guys that uh, that normally play Byron Nelson. I I don't know. I don't think Sergio's there. I'm just going to assume plays. that Danny Lee and Brian Harmon are playing since. Like when that stat got pulled up, who has played? Who who has the most event starts on the PGA Tour yeah. since thirteen fourteen? Danny Lee and Brian Harmon, one and two. I would have thought that um, that Patty Reed was in there. Uh, he's not, but he's played a lot as well. 
Um, but yeah, should be fun. All right. Make sure you follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Um, it's, it should be fun. The, uh, the, the Trinity forest move, you came off so excited from playing it. It got me a little bit more fired up. Normally I'd give myself like a player's hangover week, but I'm excited this week. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's a, it's a really, as far as courses go, it's a really interesting two week stretch between Trinity forest and colonial, and then obviously you got Memorial, which will be, um, you know, kind of where the the bigger stars return. Uh, we'll see Spieth the next couple. Spieth is playing a lot, by the way. This is a this is a big stretch for him because he plays the Texas tournaments, and he'll be at Memorial. Tiger will be back at Memorial. So uh, U.S. Open also just a month away, which is crazy. Um, getting ready for that, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun fun stretch. I'm gonna head down to Trinity Forest on probably Thursday and Sunday or Friday and Sunday. Check it out, see what guys are saying about it. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, sounds good. Uh, we'll be back with his takeaways. Thank you, Kyle. See you, Chip.